Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans as it may be. This indeed is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel Resort Casino, beautiful downtown Las Vegas just off of Fremont Street. Actually, on Fremont Street, folks. Uh, Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Denver, Colorado today, where it was a beautiful 74 degrees. Um, one day ahead of when it's going to drop to 41 degrees, I believe, or maybe two days ahead. But my co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California, where it's always balmy and 75. It never changes. It didn't change today. No? It was about 75 no? today. It's, it's about 60 right now. <laughs> Uh, and we have a special guest. My cat Nettles has joined us for, on my lap for the podcast. Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. I always like to have live Indian studio guests at the Summer Skate Studio. Uh, <laughs> okay, so so no no talking guests tonight. Just one guest on Rob's lap. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we have lots of stuff to talk about, Rob, because the NHL and the AHL never disappoint. And once again, things just continue to roll on. Um, I, I told you in our pre-show text that maybe we would start with the NHL and uh, go through that. But I think before that, uh, I just think it deserves uh, some headlines and maybe some discussion. Uh, three Ottawa games postponed due to COVID. We, uh, we had hoped, and fingers crossed, knocking on wood, all of those things that maybe we were done with this stuff. Maybe it was going to be uh, – uh, at least not cancellations, but your thoughts on uh, Ottawa having to postpone uh, three games this week uh, due to COVID? Well, it just throws a monkey wrench into not only their season, but into the three teams they play. Uh, they were scheduled to play the Predator, the Devils on Tuesday, Predators on Thursday, and then the Rangers on Saturday. So uh, the Rangers, uh, I don't know if they were playing before that. I think they play tomorrow, and then I don't know if they were playing before – until they played Ottawa. Uh, so it, it just throws every team into a little bit of a funk because it's like, what do we do? Do we, you know, we can't pra- play on Saturday, so we got to practice more, uh, you know. And the teams that just played them, it's like, okay, are, are the teams that just played them affected? 
yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you just don't know about this stuff. And uh, I think the interesting thing, again, I've had a chance to listen to a lot of NHL uh, radio, NHL network radio, I should say. And uh, while I was listening to it, the discussion today was, okay, so w- what's the line in the sand for when you postpone or slash cancel a game versus when you don't? Um, at one point, I believe San Jose had seven or eight guys out with COVID and they played. Ten. Ottawa had seven. It seems to be ten. <laughs> it, yeah, it appears, it, it appears to be ten, right? It means it, ten is the number from, from all indications. Here's another monkey wrench into this thing. It also means that the NHL can kick in their little clause that says we, we're not going to send our NHL players to the Olympics because – um, we're fearful of COVID and right. we've had to cancel games. And, and that was a stipulation. If they had to cancel games, um, then it could come back up for discussion. Your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I like the fact that the NHL players could play in the Olympics, but I don't like the fact that they could play in the Olympics because it stops the season. I'm not a big fan of, of that three or four week layoff. Uh, but as far as it, it you know what? COVID is, is here and it's going to stay for a while. We know that. And if it means they can't go to the Olympics because of, of protocol, it, they can't go to Olympics. That's plain and simple. I, I think that COVID is going to run this league and run our lives way too much as it is that we need to get in, out in front of it as much as possible and, and avoid situations as much as possible as also. Yeah, totally, totally agree. If, if you can avoid it, then definitely do avoid it would be my thought. But Again, there's a lot of dollars uh, at, at stake and a lot of things at stake. TV ratings, for example, for NBC, who will be having the Olympics. And, um, you know, I mean, sometimes money speaks, so we'll see what happens. But I thought that was an interesting topic that uh, sprung up today. Of course, today is also uh, Hall of Fame Day. So yes. there's uh, there's people being honored and inducted into the Hall of Fame. Of course, um, there's, there's a number of people that come to mind when you look at the class this year, but Kevin Lowe with the uh, with the Oilers finally getting in, and uh, I think probably one of the nicest guys in all of hockey is Jerome McGinley. And uh, for Jerome to get in, uh, very classy act and a very classy individual. Well, uh, don't forget about the Sedin uh, twins. I mean, you know, for them to be able to go in together, uh, you know, in twenty twenty two, you know, I, I looked at that. And, you know, it's nice for the for the twenty twenty guys to get the recognition. Uh, I didn't mean to jump ahead. Uh, I just had that the Sedins up on the uh, if they could go in together in 2022. But the guys that didn't get the recognition in 2020 because of the COVID, you know, are finally getting their due. I mean, Kevin Lowe had a tremendous, tremendous career. How many Stanley Cups did he win between the Oilers and then going to the Rangers? Uh, just a tremendous team player. Uh, one of the best defensemen of his time that didn't get the recognition for being on such a great team. And I think a lot of them said, you know, how many can you put in there from that uh, that that group of uh, Oilers, uh, Gretzky, Messier, Glenn Anderson, Yari Curry, Paul Coffey, Grant Fuhr. Um, but you know what? If you earn the right, you earn the right is the way I see it. I um, also want to mention uh, Kim St. Pierre, the, uh, the Canadian goaltender. Uh, she talked about how she, she got started playing hockey as a goalie uh, because um, she – her dad had uh, a backyard ice rink and uh, everybody wanted to come over and play. And she was a girl. So all the guys said, well, if you're going to play, you got to be the goalie. So, so they put her in net. I thought that was uh, fantastic, but congratulations to uh, Kim St. Pierre as well for, for getting into the, uh, the hockey hall of fame. 
What I like is is crossing over. It's it's not just uh, NHL. It's hockey. It's whoever's made a difference in the in their uh, game, and to see more women getting it recognized, it's really good to see. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. Uh, we got more stuff to talk about. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Um, but right now, let's talk about what's going on in the NHL and the Pacific Division because <laughs> just to say it's crazy is an understatement. Am I right on that? Well, it, is it upside down? I mean, you know, you look at you look at <laughs> something. That's a good word. That's a good you know, phrase to use. Upside down, because you that's know, in fact, what it looks like. It, it, you know, the other thing that I really noticed, and we, we're going to talk about both the Pacific and the Central, is how the the top the top four teams in the Pacific separated by four points, or top five if you include Los Angeles, because Vegas and LA are tied with uh, eighteen points. Four points separate the top uh, five teams. Two points separate the top three teams in the in the Central t- Division. And then four points if you go down to the fourth team. So, uh, no, I'm sorry, two points separate the top four teams in the Central Division. So you, you're really seeing the parity, you're really seeing uh, it really congested up at the top. Yeah, and when you look at that, um, when you mention the Central Division, the, the team that would be out right now are the Colorado Avalanche. Go figure that one. Well, uh, also the Dallas Stars. I mean, you know, everybody was expecting good things from Dallas uh, this year with some of the thing- signings they made in the offseason, a couple of moves they made. But, yeah, to see Colorado on the outside looking in right now, and not a- and they're not just barely on the outside. They're out on the outside by five points. They do have a f- uh, few games in hand. But still, you, would- you wouldn't expect Colorado be- to be fighting for the fourth spot right now. You would have thought they would be fighting for the top two spots. Well, I'm going to say the number five team in the Central, Colorado, and the number four team in the Pacific, the Vegas Golden Knights, are kind of in the same boat. I, I think yes. Vegas is is hurt more long-term with uh, the guys that were injured with broken bones and things like that. But, man, you know, being here in Colorado, um, Rob, people are just – it's different, right, because they don't know what to do. They don't – they're not <laughs> sure uh, – if, if this team is for real or not, they want to believe they're for real, but the, the uh, standings say maybe not or hold on or pause or whatever. It, it's weird. It's just weird talking to people. I had a chance to visit with Kate Shefty today, who was going to be our guest, but uh, she unfortunately had uh, other commitments tonight, but she was saying the same thing. She said, when you're around the team, you're not sure what you have. <laughs> you know, do you, do you have everybody back? Are they playing to their level? Uh, what's the story? Well, both Vegas and Colorado have a lot of injuries, and it's and it's not only affecting the major league club; it's affecting the minor league club because you get an inconsistent play by from both the Eagles and the Silver Knights. So, I think that both Vegas and Colorado just want to get healthy right now. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Well, one guy that's getting healthy for the Vegas Golden Knights is uh, Jack Eichel, who had his surgery Friday, uh, not far from where I'm at right now in uh, Centennial, Colorado, just south of Denver. Um, And all reports are, uh, Rob, that uh, it went uh, swimmingly good, or very good, in other words, um, because uh, uh, rumor has it he was up walking around about an hour and 45 minutes after the the, uh, procedure, uh, his doctor had has been quoted as saying uh, that disc was a mess and uh, it was successfully replaced with the artificial disc. And uh, I understand even today, uh, Jack Eichel was doing some hockey-type things with a, a stick and a ball. 
So um, who knows? I don't think it's going to be five months. I think it's going to be much closer to three months, but but we'll see. I mean, he's a 24-year-old who's never had surgery before this one, so uh, extremely healthy and strong individual. Well, let's also uh, put a pause on it. Also, since you know we don't know based on hockey players, you know it's great that he's walking around and he feels good. But you know, a stick in your hand with a ball is a lot different than getting contacted in practice. So uh, I, I hope he comes back. He's good for the game. I think it's going to set up a really nice little rivalry again with uh, Connor McDavid because they'll get a chance to play each other. Uh, with some high-level games and, and games with uh, things on the line. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I just – let's just take it slowly. Being someone that, that had uh, any type of surgery uh, – I mean, mine was rotator cuff, obviously, not disc surgery. Uh, but going along smoothly, going along smoothly, just one little blip and you get pushed back a month. So, you know, I hope he continues along the, the progression and the trajectory that they had set out. Uh, but with this type of surgery and no NHL players or hockey players ever having it, you just don't know. Yeah, all, all true statements and all true facts. Uh, I think one thing, though, is that he's done a ton of research on this. And again, when you look at the physical condition he's in, but again, I'll refer back to my NHL network radio people. Um, they were going like the one confusing part about this is why did it take seven months? I mean, if this was an hour and 15 minute procedure or whatever, and uh, he came through it so well. Wh why was it seven months of uh, turmoil in Buffalo? Why would Buffalo just not agree to do what Jack Eichel had researched and, and had chosen to do for himself? I mean, well, what is it? What, what, what was the holdup? It, you know, it, it almost seems like a power struggle. It almost seemed like the Sabres yeah. wanted to control everything that happened in, in Eichel's there life. And, and I just – think that Eichel wanted it to be a collaborative effort. It's not like Eichel wanted to be what the what the Sabres were doing. He wanted everybody to be on the same page, everybody be in agreement. But for whatever reason, I, I don't know if it was the fact that no NHL players have ever had this surgery before. But if if it was me, in all honesty, based on everything that I read, to, have to, to know for a fact, if you did the fusion surgery, that you were going to have surgery down the road and you don't know how many more you would have, or take the chance with the disc surgery and see if you have his, if you have to have surgery again. That's that would be me, and I'm yeah. being very honest because I know I would not want to have multiple neck surgeries, and you're going to have that with the fusion surgery. It's been proven before. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me give you an example of myself. I had uh, double bunionectomies, one on each foot, um, and when they put the pins in, they they were straight up with me before and after the surgery. They said. We're putting these pins in. Um, don't be surprised though, if the pins work themselves out and you got to do this again. And uh, I had to weigh that weigh that out and decide whether uh, you know it was worth it or not. And at that point, that was the only option. Um, there were no other options back you know, 10, 15 years ago. But I was thinking about that. And every day when I wake up and I do something or it, it's cold weather and I can feel Mm -hmm. um, quote unquote, the pins in my foot. I keep going like, when's going to be that day that one of them, one of those pins is going to work themselves out through the skin right. and, right. and I'm going to be screaming about it. So I totally right. get where Jack is about it. If he can go in and have a, an artificial disc put in and, and hopefully that be the last, um, right. man, I would have opted for that in about a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely. And, and when they originally did the fusion surgery, Nobody knew that you would have surgeries down the road. That's based on research. So 
you know, knowing the facts now that you guarantee more surgery or a potential because it's synthetic that you don't have to have it, take that, take that chance. I know it's a neck. I know. But if you're looking to get back to hockey and a sport like that, you're not going to, you're not going to do it with the fusion surgery. Nope. Absolutely. Okay. So let's look at the Pacific standings and I'm going to ask you what the heck is going on in California? Uh, Anaheim on a seven-game win streak, uh, nine, four, and three in their sixteen games. Um, Los Angeles uh, through fifteen games, eight, five, and two. San Jose through fourteen games, seven, six, and one. What the world has happened to California? They weren't all supposed to be above five hundred at this point. No, they weren't. And the fact that the Pacific Division goes six deep with above five hundred teams speaks to the talent level in the division and also the maybe the parity in that division right now. Uh, and, I mean, you got to look at Edmonton. Let's, I, the California teams are doing great, but, I mean, Edmonton is just scoring at will. And, I mean, they're not stopping too many people, uh, but, you know. Oh, you got to do that too? Huh? Yeah, you know what? You know what? <laughs> as as uh, was, was it uh, Tortorella that said how – Connor McDavid should be traded because unless he changes his game in the playoffs, he's never going to be successful. Didn't he say something to that effect? Yeah, that, I don't know if he said the traded part, but he did say that if he wanted to win a Stanley Cup, he needed to uh, to change his his style of play and uh, be more of a two way player. I think was what he was getting at. So um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you got Connor McDavid, you got Leon Drysital. Um, just let him go. Let him. Let them score as many as they can score and and try to work on your defensive end with your defensemen and your third and fourth lines. I agree. And, and uh, you know, when, when you put up that many numbers, you know, you, you kind of, you know, nobody really complained about Wayne Gretzky's uh, defensive, uh, this lack of abilities when he played. Uh, I just think that, you know, in this day and age, everything is put under a microscope and Connor McDavid can't, you know, walk down the street and, and step o- over a crack the wrong, the right way. So I just think that he's plus, I mean, uh, every, everybody yeah. can see it. Everybody has a platform with social media so they can kind of do what they want and uh, say what they want. But the other thing that's interesting is the top five teams in the Pacific division are all pluses in the gold differential department, plus 17 for Edmonton, plus 13 for Anaheim, plus 16 for Calgary. Who would have thunk that? Uh, plus one for Vegas and plus five for Los Angeles. That That's just craziness, you know. And, and you look down in the uh, Central as well, and uh, they have five teams, including Colorado, that's a plus in the goal differential. But, but you look at the difference between the, the Central and the Pacific when you talk about that. Their top teams are in single digits. The Pacific team is in – Double digits as far as the goal differential. Just, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the high scoring nature of the of the players that they have, but they're also getting some goaltending if they're getting that so, that much of a differential in goals. Uh, I just think that the Pacific was just known as a high flying division, and the fact that they're actually playing a little bit of defense shows is coming through as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think uh, in the Central Division, I don't think anybody. Um, thought that that wasn't going to be a battle. I mean, it was uh, it was known right up front that Arizona was going to have a struggle because of the roster that they had constructed and the game plan that they're under, whatever that may be. Um, but uh, the rest of them, other than Chicago and Arizona, the rest of them are really in a dogfight. I mean, even Dallas, 
who hasn't played all that well is hanging around, right? I mean, yeah, they're they hanging around the playoff spot, and uh, we all know that they have the talent on that roster to go get it if they uh, if they desire or get hot. I, I, I mean, in a couple of weeks, it could be turned upside down. I mean, nobody expected Minnesota to get off to the start that they're in. But the thing that really stands out about the Central Division, and it might come down to this when it comes down to the standings, is the regulation wins. Minnesota has 10 wins, six of them in regulation. So that means they've had four in either overtime or shootout. Winnipeg, six. Nashville, six. St. Louis with seven. The fourth-place team has the most regulation wins. Dallas only has one regulation win out of their five. Yeah, yeah that's that's a problem. That That's something that's got to be fixed, and they're a minus nine. Well, the the minus nine, you know, is when you're under 500, is it's not that. I mean, technically, I mean, think about it. They're really uh, six and six and thirteen. I, I, I mean, uh, they're five, six and two, so they're really uh, five and eight. So they're really three games under 500, and being mi- minus nine, not that horrible. They could turn that around, uh, but it's the one re- regulation win. It just means that they're playing a lot of close games, which has helped down the road, but they're not. They're not getting on the positive sides of those close games. Okay, so we have to touch on the East as well. Um, Carolina and Washington tied at 22 points in the Metropolitan Division with your Rangers just one behind them. But uh, goodness gracious, you talk about a team that uh, or, or a division that's solid all the way down to the number eight spot, which, by the way, are the New York Islanders. <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing, Rob. <laughs> well, put it this way. The Penguins at 500, if you go by the 5-5-4, five, five, and four, every team's at least 500 or better in that division. Eight teams. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's, just, that's just crazy. I mean, it, it's absolutely crazy to think about that every team is 500 or better in that division and, and only four are going to make the playoffs. And you think of the Islanders, and uh, I know they've been on the road while they wait for their uh, new UBS center to open, but um, goodness gracious, the talent on the Islanders roster, a lot of people were picking them to uh, to be Stanley Cup finalists. Well, they're a veteran team that uh, that returned a lot of the same players uh, that have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals the last couple of years. And I think I think they really need to look in the mirror because some of the moves that they made, they brought in Char or got older there. They let uh, Boychek go, I think it was, uh, and they let Letty go as well. Uh, so they weakened their defense a little bit. They've gotten a little e- even slower, if you can imagine that, because of how old they already were uh, in in their lineup. And they just don't look like the same team. I watched a little bit against Tampa tonight. Uh, they just don't look like the same team from a couple from the last two years. All right, and bouncing back to Pacific, I have to ask you your thoughts on Seattle. Uh, Fifteen games now, so there's a sample size there. Four, ten, and one. Um, uh, is everything right in the hockey world when the expansion team is struggling a little bit? Uh, you would think so. Uh, I'm more interested in the con- the comments by their general manager uh, saying that they're, they're a team that they find a way to lose. I mean, is that really what you want to say to your young team? I mean, I know they're veterans because it's dancer, but is that really what you want to put out there right now? That they find ways to lose instead of trying to be positive? I mean, they're losing close games. And when you're an expansion team, see, here's the here's where Ron Francis uh, is a little upset. He's upset with himself because he, he thought that their goaltending and defense would lead the way. 
and that's what they focused on. Okay, but you need scoring. You absolutely need scoring, and you need to make games a little bit more exciting and uh, plentiful, you know? And his team, his style of play is kind of boring. And, you know, if you're – like Vegas always seemed like they were moving. They were always upbeat. They were always alive. Seattle doesn't – I don't get the same feeling with Seattle. I don't get the same uh, – whether it's the team's not that as close as Vegas was, I just don't get that same feeling from when Vegas came into the league. Well, obviously Vegas uh, was galvanized by the terrible tragedy of one October. Uh, we know that, but yeah, you're right. There, there is a difference between the two. And uh, I think it started in the draft. I mean, uh, yes. people are always asking the same question about um, how can Vegas always go after these players? How can they always do that? Well, guess what? Um, George McPhee gathered a lot of picks mm -hmm. <laughs> during that during that process, and uh, well, other teams have to trade uh, a a quality player to get another player. He's got quality picks to deal with, and I know a lot of people say, "Yeah, well, he's traded all these picks." Okay, but here's one thing we know about the NHL draft, Rob, and you, I'm sure you'll agree with me 100 percent is that we don't know. Uh, how good those draft picks are going to be. Mm -hmm. They can be number one or number 751 or right. number 300. We don't know. Um, right. But wherever they fall, I guess 751 doesn't apply, but you know what I'm saying <laughs> is that uh, you just don't know about a draft pick. So, yeah, did they did the Golden Knights send away a lot of their great players? I mean, uh, last playoffs you would have said, oh, my goodness, that was such a mistake to send Nick Suzuki to Montreal. Well, now Nick Suzuki is struggling. Right. Um, so you don't know. You don't know what these players are going to be like until they actually get uh, four, five, six years down the road. And, right. um, you know, there's no surprise. Vegas wants to win now. Well, um, Seattle didn't do that, as you mentioned. They didn't collect a bunch of draft picks. So now they're, they're playing with what they got. They, they have to wait now and build their roster through the draft and, and, um, and maybe some acquisitions, but they're playing with the guys they drafted. And like you said, they started, they wanted to be strong from the goal out and they're just not playing at that level yet. But there's also, it's also shown why some of these teams let these guys go, whether they were younger, older, whoever Seattle took from these teams, there's a reason why these guys left them, the, uh, their original teams left them exposed. And it's, it's showing that these are not guys that you hit your wagon to. They're good complementary pieces, but Seattle doesn't have enough complementary pieces like Vegas did to really compete. And yes, they're in games, but I'm curious to see as the season goes along and if their losing still continues, how long until Seattle throws in the towel and, and they start, you know, bringing up, you know, trying to play more kids, shipping out some veterans. You know, it'd be interesting to see how this first year ends up. But here's the problem with that is, do they have – like in the situation with Vegas, uh, Vegas had a lot of uh, a lot of guys that played with Chicago for the first couple of years before they got the Henderson Silver Knights. And, uh, you know, they had players that they could go to here and there and they could make moves and deals with picks. Um, Seattle's kind of stuck. I mean, they, they don't have their, uh, a, their own AHL franchise yet. Um, and the guys that they have, they just aren't that plentiful, uh, I don't think, um, in Carolina or, or North, uh, Raleigh or wherever they're at. Um, so that's a, 
that's going to be an interesting point down the stretch. The other one I want to talk about real quickly is, is Vancouver. I mean, the talent on that Vancouver roster, how in the heck can that team be five, nine and two? And, and the, the uh, more interesting part is, is Thatcher Demko has been standing on his head this season. He's been tremendous for Vancouver and they still can't win games. <laughs> exactly. And, and I understand the Pacific is, is more difficult, but goodness gracious, who would have thought that Vancouver would be second? No, like I said. Kind of unthinkable. But again, it's early. I just wanted to go through uh, the NHL uh, part of things for the first half of the show tonight and talk about where we're at. Because we're now we're a full month plus into the season. I think if you break it down, um, you're probably a fifth of the way through or something like that. So. Um, I thought it was good that we uh, we just hashed that out, and uh, we'll do the same thing again in another month and a half. We'll hash out where everybody stands. But right now, let's take a break. Let's come back, and let's dive into the AHL Pacific Division and see what's going on there. Rob and I will be back in about three minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Alright, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? Wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs. 
I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, Casino, everything that you would like in beautiful downtown Las Vegas, right on Fremont Street. Scott Strandy with you in beautiful Colorado, in Denver, Colorado, to uh, be more specific. My co-host, as always, in Southern California, Rob Rothfarb. Um, Rob, we talked NHL. Time to jump to the AHL. Uh, your thoughts first, uh, kind of an overview of what you've seen in the Pacific Division of the AHL to this point. Uh, surprise. Uh, Stockton playing as well as they have, not, uh, only having two overtime losses, no regulation losses. Uh, the rain, only one regulation loss, two total on the season. Uh, Bakersfield, uh, you know, trying to defend their title. Uh, but you got Henderson, San Jose, Colorado, big disappointment. San Diego, another disappointment. Is it all these young players playing it with the big club that's affecting them? I just think the bottom of the uh, Pacific Division is a surprise. I thought that uh, Colorado, I thought that uh, San Diego would have better uh, seasons so far. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you on that. I did not see uh, Stockton coming out of the guns the way they had. Uh, I, I did not see really – I knew the rain were going to be good. I just didn't think they were going to be that good. Right. And, um, uh, you know, Henderson uh, obviously struggling because uh, every night you see one of their former players getting their first goal in the NHL, which yeah. tells you that they're they're spending a lot of guys up there. And I know they've been bouncing back and forth. They've been having guys go up, play a game for the NHL, and then on the NHL off day, they come back and they play a game or two with the Silver Knights and they go back. So a lot of that salary cap stuff too. But um, So Henderson hanging around. I mean, they're only six back and they're tied with Bakersfield really for uh, for third in points. And uh, um. <laughs> You look at Abbotsford. I wasn't. I wasn't uh, really expecting Abbotsford to be playing as solid hockey as they are, uh, especially when the, the the Canucks aren't playing that great. Goaltending. They've only given up thirty goals. Yeah, isn't that something? That, that that's ridiculous. They've only given up thirty, and they. But of course, they've only scored thirty-one. So I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, you know, I guess that that puts them right where they're at, but. And, and again, the Colorado Eagles, uh, they, they've been up and down at home ice. They're fantastic. When they get on the road, they struggle a bit. Well, it's it just seems like uh, teams teams in the Pacific Division play better at home. Uh, but what's the other thing that really caught my eye? Outside of two teams, and that's uh, Ontario, who has 52 goals for, and Colorado has 42. Everybody else is in the 20s or 30s in goals. So – Goal scoring for the, for the rain is another thing. Do, I didn't expect them to light the lamp as much as they did. Or have yeah, so, so what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that's really solid goaltending uh, in the league? Do you think it's a good defensive effort, or do you think it's just lack of offensive firepower in the other squads? 
I, I think it's lack of offensive firepower. I think that, I mean, look, who's the third star of this week in the NHL? Jason Terry, right? Jason Terry? Um, no, not, no, not Troy Terry. Troy Terry, I'm sorry. Troy Terry. Troy Terry. Yep, Troy, Troy Terry. Terry. Who was with the goals last year and played in the, in the Western the Pacific playoffs. Now he's been lighting it up. Uh, he had, I think, 10, 11 point uh, game streak, uh, something like that. I don't know if it's still going, uh, but he's been dynamite. Uh, playing on a line with Getzloff and just, you know, excitement. So, you know, maybe it's some of the players that have gone up to the big clubs that's causing the lack of offensive firepower. But that's just the one thing that's really stood out is is that is it really goaltending or is it the lack of firepower? Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, the Tucson Roadrunners, I, I'm a little bit surprised at where they're at because I thought that they would be better um, with the younger group of guys. Yeah. But, um, right. again, they're – their guys have been bouncing around, and I know they sent three players today, I believe, up to the uh, the Coyotes. So maybe that's their issue as well. Well, that could be a, the theme for this season uh, is just a shuttle between the, the parent club and the minor league club uh, for all teams because it just seems like, you know, San Jose went through it. Uh, they had some guys on, on protocol, and uh, they had to shuffle guys back and forth and uh, up to the big club, the Merkleys and stuff like that. Uh, Henderson's had to do it. I just think that maybe Stockton, Ontario, and Bakersfield are the most consistent teams right now because they have the least amount of turnover. Okay, so I want to ask you, this is kind of an NHL and AHL question together, but when you look at the amount of injuries, is that because uh, of two things, that they played a, uh, a shorter schedule, smaller schedule last season? and then had a shorter um, time off? Or is it just uh, one of those things where uh, injuries are cropping up? I kind of think it's a combination of both. I, I can't – I don't think you can discount the short, the shortened season, the shortened off season, uh, and now playing a, a full season with back to the rigors of mo- uh, multiple games. And, and I don't think the Pacific Division at least – I mean, they have a Wednesday game and maybe a Saturday sun- – uh, Friday-Saturday game or Saturday-Sunday – uh, some of the most of the teams last week, I think, played two games. So I don't know if it's the this uh, scheduling of it, uh, but I think that the shorter season to the shorter off season might have a factor. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Um, I also want to ask you about the fact that now that teams are able to travel more and uh, get different places and play different teams, um, does that have anything to do with it, or is it just uh, we're getting back to somewhat normal? Well, we're getting back to somewhat normal. That, that's that's without a doubt. Uh, I think, it, you know, part of it could also be, is, you know, since they are traveling, wear and tear on the body and wear and tear on, on just the mental part of it. And now, you go, now you're in a hotel, you're in a different city, you haven't been in, you're not sitting in the hotel room like you did last year. So, you know, they might be partying, they might, you know, they're just, it's more of a normal everyday life. So you're more tired when you have a regular life, when you're doing more things, you're more active than just sitting around. Uh, but I just think that this year is going to be kind of an anomaly because it's coming off of such a weird season from a year ago. Okay, so that being said, look in your crystal wall. When we time we get to playoff time, are things going to be um, back to a normal playoff type situation? Will all of these things kind of be worked through? Uh, the injuries and all of that stuff, or is it going to affect the playoffs too, in your opinion? I think this year is going to be affected all through the season. 
I think that between COVID and injuries and, and travel and all things that we didn't have last year as much Olympic is going to break. <laughs> Olympic break as well. It's all it's all going to play a factor, and that's one of the reasons why I don't like uh, the the Olympic the NHL's playing in the Olympics because one you risk you're risking injury and COVID now uh, outside of the NHL, and then it's going to affect the rest of the team. It's going to affect you know if if say let's just say uh, Kopitar goes over and the Kings are making a push for the playoffs and Kopitar goes down. Now, now he, you know, you lose him because he went down in the Olympics, not, and you don't get, you don't have him for the for the stretch run. So th- that's the one thing that I don't. It's the only one. It's the only sport that I know of that shuts down their league to play in the Olympics. Everybody else does it in their off season, and I think the NHL needs to move to that if they want to continue this. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent correct on that. Um... Okay, so as we look in the Pacific Division of the AHL, um, most teams have played either 11, 12, um, uh, I guess as many as 13 for the Eagles, but you look at the Barracuda, we know have uh, have had their own COVID issues, only nine games. Um, good or bad at this point, Rob, to have the three or four games in hand? I think it's bad, in all honesty. Uh, it means you're, you're on the ice practicing more and not playing in games that mean something. And I just think that uh, the more games you fall behind as far as to make up, the, the more condensed your schedule is going to be and the more games you're going to have in a shorter time. I'd rather get out of the gate and hopefully get to off to a good start and play a lot of games early because you're getting into it, you, especially if you have new players, you, you're meshing the players, you know, team bonding. And then as the season goes on, let the other teams catch up, especially if you have Ws in the column, let them catch up and make up the games in hand while you're resting. And then I guess if we look in the other divisions of the AHL, Rob, and you look at what Springfield is doing off to a really fast start, you look what Utica is doing off to a really fast start. Utica is still undefeated. Uh, Ten wins, no losses, no overtime losses, no shootout losses. They got all 20 points of the 20 that were available to them. Um, It's like they're NHL franchises, aren't they? Yeah. Look, I mean, you look at – you were talking about the Atlantic Division – uh, Spring Springfield is that Carolinas? Uh, yeah, I want to say so. Yeah, I want to say and it then, is. And then you had Hartford Wolfpack, which is the Rangers, very similar uh, record to what the Rangers have. Hershey Bears, I think, is the Flyers. No. Is it Flyers or Washington? Uh, it might be Washington. Yeah, I, I, Lehigh I, Valley I'm might be the Flyers. Right. The Phantoms might be the Flyers. So Hershey Bears yeah, might I think be you're the right. Bears. But but yeah, it's very similar to the to the NHL teams uh, in the other divisions. I mean, look look, we could go to the Central Division: Iowa Wild, Minnesota Wild, Manitoba Moose, Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> you know, similar records. So it's just it's very. Okay, so then explain the Chicago Wolves. <laughs> well, you know, so, all the all the AHL players here are now on the outlier. <laughs> all, all, they, they, all the, all the teams, all the players from last year that they didn't make the uh, Blackhawks, and and then some that did make the Blackhawks have demoted to the Wolves, and now that's why they're because the Blackhawks have thrown in the towel for this year. They're going to give it to the Wolves. <laughs> oh, okay, they're throwing it to the Wolves. Is that what you're saying? They're throwing the, they're throwing the, the NHL team to the Wolves. <laughs> Uh, I love it. And, and you look the same way down at Texas. I mean, the Texas Stars are 
about where the uh, the Dallas Stars are at. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you kind of look across the board and you see it and you go, yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah. And Calgary and Stockton, that those are that those are the two that are just blowing me away because I did not see that coming. And I don't know if it was because we didn't see Stockton last year in the AHL at all because they didn't uh, play an AHL season, at least in the Pacific division, they played up in Canada. Um, But, but those are the, the two real, real surprises to me. For, uh, well, I, I would throw in the Kings in the rain, honestly because I didn't expect the Kings to be that competitive this early, and I certainly didn't expect the rain to be dominating the uh, Pacific Division outside of the heat. Well, but I think one thing that's a little bit different between the two is that we knew what talent was with the Kings and the rain. We just didn't know if they were going to – I mean, and keep in mind, Quentin Byfield hasn't played yet. Right, Um, So, I mean, when he comes back, goodness gracious, that that, uh, uh, Kings uh, center core is going to be – one of the best, if not the best, in the league. Absolutely. And and then then you flip it to the back end. Jonathan Quick has done some great work with, with Peterson. Peterson's obviously the number one guy. But to have a guy like Jonathan Quick as your backup, knowing that you have a guy that has, that already has played 60 games a season and won a couple of Stanley Cups and now is good enough uh, and chill enough to be a backup and, and mentor uh, Cal Peterson, I think that's a huge help. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think Jonathan Quick sees his role now as like, uh, I have to be the guy. I have to teach him how to win. Uh, I have to be, you know, I think that's the role he's taken on. And by teaching him, he's showing him how to do it. Oh, absolutely. He's leading by example. And he's also leading off the ice. Uh, You know, I'm sure I'm sure he's showing him the ropes, you know, off the ice as well. It just looks when when I was watching. Uh, some of the preseason stuff, and I went to the Kings versus Kings and stuff like that. It just looked like they had a really good relationship. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent correct on that. Okay, so so let me ask you this: back on the NHL side of things again, um, are you uh, are you over now that uh, Connor McDavid moved through your Rangers? Uh, you know, are you over had, though? Just I they, am, we all want to console you. Tonight. <laughs> they had a tough Western swing. They they blew two games where they were leading, uh, but one to Vancouver, one to Edmonton. I don't know, honestly. You know what killed more than than the watching McDavid go through the range of the team like a butter was watching JT Miller score the overtime goal in <laughs> when they played in Vancouver. That I think hurt a little bit more. <laughs> oh goodness, uh, I hate to bring up those sore topics, but we had to talk about that because everybody's talking about Connor McDavid. And here's my question to you um, regarding the uh, Edmonton Oilers: it, It's a two-parter. Number one, w- are they going to need to go out and find a goaltender because Mike Smith is hurt again, um, and and who knows, uh, uh, you know how how he's going to respond to it and whether he's going to be back. This happened to him at, in Arizona too uh, when he was much younger. Uh, right. He'd get hurt, he'd come back, he'd play really well, then he'd get hurt again. Right. And uh, so I don't know about that. Are they going to have to go find goaltending? And second of all is, can McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, continue the play that they have right now throughout the year, or will people, other teams, find ways to slow them down? Uh, let, let's touch on the goaltender first. I, <laughs> I think that... Uh, I, I honestly think that they're going to go get a goaltender. I mean, if Chicago continues to struggle, do they look at Flurry? You know, you know, and who else is going to be out there? Uh, 
you know, come the trade deadline. As far as slowing down Connor McDavid and Drysaddle, I don't think so. I mean, I'm hearing all sorts of crazy numbers, 165, 185, 200 points for, for McDavid this year uh, at the pace he's going. Uh, you know, can they do it throughout the season? Yes. The million-dollar question is can they do it in the playoffs? Yeah, that's a fact. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think the only thing that can slow down the Oilers' offense is injuries. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and it will be interesting to see. They're, like we, you were talking about earlier about the, the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights, the Penguins, those are two teams that always come to mind when I think of teams who will do whatever it takes to get a player they need for a playoff push. And they'll make, make it work any way possible. Uh, Washington uh, does it also. They'll, they'll come up with a couple of good trades at the trade deadline. I'm just curious to see what uh, moves uh, are made in Edmonton to solidify their playoff run. Did I lose you? Oh, no, I'm oh, here. I lost, I'm here. I lost you for a minute. You just kind of you went out on me. Uh, so, Okay, no. let's let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's talk about a, uh, a couple of very special people that – I think deserves some recognition at the end of the show in the NHL. We'll talk about uh, um, Emily Cave, the uh, the um, wife of uh, Colby Cave, of course, that uh, passed away unexpectedly uh, last year, and the the uh, treatment that she's received from a lot of teams and a lot of uh, NHLers. And then I want to talk about the assistant uh, general manager from the Calgary Flames and uh, Chris Snow and what he's going through because he spent another uh, weekend in the hospital unexpected. Um, and battling ALS. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some people that deserve uh, a little love and attention and uh, respect, I think is the right word. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circusports.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and players are constantly having to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season, that doesn't mean you're good for the year. 
Make sure you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories that you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our Three Valley locations or online at behindthemask.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Resort, Hotel, Casino, everything that you want in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Denver, Colorado. Did I mention it was 74 degrees today on October or November, whatever it is, November something, uh, 15th, I guess, um, in Colorado. <laughs> it, it, Rob, here's the deal. If they go six more days without measurable snow in Colorado, uh, in the Denver area, um, they will set a new record for the latest snowfall ever. So I just jinxed everybody. Um, <laughs> this last weekend I was walking to the uh, the – Magnus Arena, and there were a couple of police officers out at the corner that I see every time I come by there. And I said, hey, no snow yet. And they said, stop it. Stop it right now. Do not jinx us. I said, I said okay, I'll, uh, I'll continue on. But, yeah, it's been just glorious weather out here. Uh, Southern California, I know, has been a little damp at times, but not too bad, right? No, no, not too bad. It's uh, been it's a warming trend. Uh, this weekend was in the 90s in some places, uh, 80s most places, uh, 70s by the shore. Sound like a meteorologist. Uh, but it <laughs> glorious, glorious few days over the weekend, and uh, it's supposed to uh, stay that way. I think for most of this week too. You know, our uh, our mutual friend and my co-host on Sunday and Tuesday, Paul Hornstein, would have liked you to be his meteorologist the other day when the tornado went a mile from his house and did damage, and he didn't even know what happened. Well, that makes two of us. This is the first time I'm hearing of it. I've texted with him. Yeah, he, he sent me pictures the other day of all this damage. He goes, this is only a mile from my house. And I said, uh, do you have any damage? He goes, no, I didn't even know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we all know how, how clueless he can be at times. <laughs> but a tornado, you would think you would hear some rumblings or something. <laughs> so I asked him, I said, uh, he, there was like a quarter-inch hail or quarter, I don't know, quarter-size hail or whatever they call it. Uh, I said, uh, do you have any damage from hail? He goes, damage from hail? What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, we talk weather too here, folks. But okay, so uh, let, let's talk into two special people that uh, I think deserve some. Uh, I'm going to bring three into it because uh, with uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Month and um, Matt Schott, who uh, has done a lot for uh, hockey in Arizona, fighting cancer as well, and they have a special ticket package for the Arizona Coyotes for the November 20th game. Get out, and uh, they're playing Detroit, so get out. And to support it, buy your tickets using the uh, the uh, special code that you can find on the uh, Coyotes website and uh, get a special T-shirt for Matt Schott and uh, just represent him. But um, I know you saw a lot about Emily Cave and, and the things that were done for her uh, after losing uh, Colby um, last year. Just uh, unexpected. Was it last year or 
Yes. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah last year. Yeah. Um, it, everything's running together with this COVID stuff, but um, man, it was just a sudden tragedy for him. So I'll, I'll let you go into a little bit about that, and then then I'll tell you a little bit about the uh, the assistant general manager for the Calgary Flames. Okay. Well, uh, Boston and Edmonton played on uh, November 11th, and the two teams that Colby Cave played for, so they got together and they said that they're going to do a fundraiser for uh, Colby and and the uh, and Emily and and the f- foundation. And what they did was they uh, every all the sticks were are auctioned off for raffle, uh, and and uh, going to the proceeds are all going to go to the. Uh, the Colby Cave uh, Foundation. So they had a video tribute uh, up on the board. She dropped the ceremonial first pitch, uh, first pitch, first puck. Uh, but it was just a, one of those tear-joker moments that another young life was lost. Uh, and it, it wasn't a senseless tragedy. It was just such a shock. Like you had said, nobody expected it. Uh, here today, gone tomorrow type of thing. And it was nice to see that they were helping her out and, and that Colby's not forgotten by the two organizations that he played for. Yeah, that's 100% correct. And if you don't know the story about Chris Snow, let me fill you in on that a little bit. Uh, he is the assistant general manager for the Calgary Flames. He's uh, battling ALS, has battled it for a while now, and uh, absolutely refuses to slow down or or let ALS uh, get to him. Um, if you go to his, uh, his Twitter account, and I'm going to give you that in just a minute, it's at Chris Snow, S-N-O-W-C-G-Y, um, you just got to see some of the stuff that this guy is doing in uh, what what many uh, feel is uh, a terminal diagnosis. I mean, he says it right uh, in his uh, his pinned tweet. Uh, two years after my diagnosis and a year after I was supposed to die, I picked up a wood bat with one useful hand, and I'm proof science is gaining on this disease. Um, he had a bit of a setback, uh, was traveling with the team, um, and uh, – as, as he puts it, uh, after a game with the uh, Flames and the Maple Leafs, he said, I ate my liquid dinner too late and woke up to a lot of reflux. The result, aspiration, pneumonia, and a blood infection. And uh, I, he got a visitor because uh, his wife, Kelsey, made the trip there to, to visit him. And uh, he spent a couple of days in Mount Sinai Hospital and um, happy to say that he walked out today. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, – it's just an amazing story. And, you know, every time you, you think maybe you got it tough, um, take a look at, at a couple of these people and see what yep. they've gone through and how they've handled things. Cause um, Chris Snow is just a, a fantastic individual that, um, you know, he, he's just refusing to let ALS get to him. And, uh, uh, you know, it just kind of brings tears to your eyes. It absolutely does. Uh, you would never know it. Uh, he, it's not like he's complaining that, that he was uh, given a bad draw. He just keeps fighting it and going about his daily business with the Flames. Uh, and it's a shame that he had to setback. Hopefully he's uh, well on the way to recovery And uh, as far as this light, latest setback, and he continues to feel good. You know, I'm going to read another tweet from three days ago from him. He said, some things have changed since I last went on the road with the Calgary Flames. Uh, I need others to tie my shoes. And meals tend to be in the bathroom because there are no hooks in the rooms. And he's got his uh, IV thing hanging in a hotel on a hanger. He said, it's not all bad, though. As my kids like to boast, my dad can eat with his mask on. <laughs> so he's just kind of <laughs> keeping uh, keeping everything in perspective. Um, 
I also got to tell you one other one from the same that tweeted out three days ago that really caught me. He said a picture of his uh, son and daughter. It said these two have been smiling all week. Uh, his son Cohen on a whim emptied his wallet and came in and, and in came the replies. Uh, hashtag copy Cohen. Um, matching Cohen in, uh, in came $18,525 in less than two years. Uh, we surpassed our goal of uh, $500,000 and uh, so grateful for it. But uh, he says uh, um, his son came in with his saved up allowance and, uh, and brought in everything he had, a saved up allowance and leftover birthday money, um, bringing it to his dad to give to uh, help find a cure for ALS. So, I mean, that, that's just uh, just a couple of uh, – and I'm sure there are hundreds more. And Matt Schott, again, um, you know, fighting cancer and, and all the things he's done for the Kachinas program and uh, just a diehard Arizona Coyote through all these years. Uh, just three examples, uh, Rob, of what you can do uh, if you put your mind to it. And uh, we, we just wish all three of them the very best of luck in the future. Absolutely. Nothing but best health and uh... – you know, keep fighting, keep fighting, and we'll keep praying for you, and we'll keep uh, good thoughts. So, in the NHL, it's more than just uh, a game; it's actually a lifestyle. And I think a lot of people right now, this month, uh, you know, you, you look at a picture of me and you say, "Oh, well, he's got he's got the mustache going for for November, right?" But it's way more than mustaches, and and that it's about raising money and awareness for men's right. health, and uh, it's just something that uh, the league. Uh, has supported 100% the players, and now you see uh, examples like these three that uh, are doing their very best to uh, to keep it in the uh, forefront of everybody's mind. So hard transition, but I will let you say goodnight, and uh, we'll talk to everybody again next week on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casinos, whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at thed.com. Boost Mobile, where all plans include a mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. Buy Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the, see the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems to, like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. And by M-Drive. Refuel your drive with M-Drive. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Heist Time Hockey's SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey Alexa, turn on my ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. I will say uh, one final uh, uh, congratulations, I guess, to the 2021 induction celebration for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Doug Wilson, Kim St. Pierre, um, Kevin Lowe, Jerome McGinley, Marion Hosa, and Ken Holland. Uh, all six of you 
uh, deserve lots of praise for all you've done for the game and uh, all the support that you've given the uh, players that have come behind you. So congratulations on that induction. Rob and I will say good night with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro, and we'll wish you all back in uh, on Sunday, uh, Monday night for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. And tomorrow night, of course, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, Paul Hornstein and myself. Um, another great show coming up for you. NCAA Hockey is rocking and rolling. Good night, everybody. Good night.